Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it just put your trust in him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can't take no more. You may think you've seen it all. Jatan Woods and the gang's all here. I have my all-star panel. My co-host Karen Wilson joins me, and also I am joined by Michael Hurt. What so, up, what up? hey, you guys, thank you so much for joining me. There has been so much going on lately, and I've been kind of on a hiatus. I'm taking more care of myself, and I do have to mention before we get go any further. That yay to the podcast, we are officially two years old. Yeah, that's what's up. Yes, and I thought about it, I'm like, yes, October is our anniversary month. So I'm going to have to do something special for you listeners again. Last (laughs) year for our year anniversary, I did a giveaway. So I'm thinking about like uh, maybe doing a cash app giveaway. So if you're listening to me, you're under the sound of my voice, as they say, (laughs) and you have a cash app account um sometime in the future well you can't because you are like <laughs> a part of the show darn <laughs> darn so yeah for Karen, some listeners come on. um i think it might uh, do a little financial blessing <laughs> to some lucky listener but we'll be talking about Pass that yeah, pass the plate, the offering plate. So we'll be talking about that in the future. But we do, yeah, building fund, pastor's appreciation. <laughs> the Sunday school department. Okay. So, yeah. So we're going to have to, like, do something special to celebrate. But I'm like, yes, two years in and just planning what to do for the next year. Because for one thing that I've noticed that – and it's because there's so much going on in the world that I can't ignore. Like the whole goal of the podcast, right, is supposed to be about wellness. And I think we try and wrap these topics up into wellness. But I think I may have to do like maybe a separate podcast for when I talk about what's going on in the world and kind of separate that from wellness. Or I may end up doing something like a Patreon type situation where if people want to believe and donate to the cause, you get exclusive content and maybe stuff like this would go into that. So we're just looking at the future of the podcast, what we're going to do, what goals are in the next year. So it's going to be exciting. I may upgrade the logo and upgrading equipment and all kinds of great stuff as we move forward. But I'm just really excited that we are two years in to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Hey, to do anything for two years, to stay married for two years is huge, <laughs> let alone committing to a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's all because of you listeners. Thank you so much for your comments. Thank you for 
rating the show. Thank you for just listening and spreading the word in every way that you can. It is so appreciated, you guys. And as always, the topics that we're covering today, we want you to be a part of the conversation. You can go to the website, gethappywithjay.com. You can leave a comment there, and uh, you will be responded to, and your comment will show up on the website. Or you can go to the Facebook page, Get Happy With Jay, and we will interact with you there because we want to hear your feedback, you know, and Eventually, one of the things that I want to have, too, is a phone line so we can, you know, do some live recordings and have you guys, like, call in and do something. Uh, We may eventually, when I get my next house, I'm going to have a studio in the house, and uh, we may even uh, start doing some video stuff and and recording our stuff like that. So looking to do all kinds of different things in the future, and thank you guys for just taking this journey of happiness with us. And I want to say a special thank you to you, Karen, and to you, Michael, because you have been awesome contributors to this podcast and you are valued members of the team. And Michael, we've already mentioned another podcast (laughs) that you are branching out and we're so excited. We'll talk about that later in the show as well. But let's get into it because there are so many different things that uh, I'd like to cover within this hour. And of course, the biggest story of the past few weeks has been um, the murder trial of a former police Mm. officer, Mm. Amber Geiger, and the result of that. And there's just so much to say about what happened with that trial. So just you guys, what are your initial thoughts? As we all know and have heard, she was convicted of murder, which it was pretty miraculous to get a conviction um, her sentence was an atrocity, and there's other things that happened along with that that we can get into. But just right off the bat, starting with you, Michael, what are your thoughts about uh, the trial and the results? Okay, right out of the box, right out of the box, this is what I want to say. There's no way you forget where your apartment is. Amen. All right? Amen. Okay, so um, <laughs> uh, there's no way you forget. And the thing that really bothered me when this first came out was, and, I, and I, I'm not one to fault the media, but I, I kind of had to take some shots at the media on this. Everything I ever heard about that case as it came out through the media, Amber Geiger, who worked 12 hours that day. I worked 16. I could work 20, and I would never forget where I live at. Mm-hmm. So why do you keep putting that handle on there? Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's the that's the first layer. There's so many layers to this. That's the first layer I had to get through. It's not possible, and there's way more to it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I right now I'm gonna digress, but that's 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 how I see it. I'm with you when you write, brother. Yeah, I I just did. I, I work at a um, a local hospital, and uh, I did 16 hours. I did two eight-hour shifts on Christmas Day. Now, I was very tired, but I knew where I was supposed to go and what I was supposed to do when I got off of work. So I'm not buying that either. No. <laughs> well, when you well no. when you look at that, it's like it was a different floor. Even going into the apartment, they right. said in the trial it came out that he had like a red welcome mat outside mm-hmm. his door. There was no welcome mat outside he her door. He they said that there was even a slight difference in the layout of the apartment, yeah. for God's sake. The hallways were different. Right. Um, 
there's a different smell. There's a different feel. You have different furniture. Everything about your place is unique to you. Yes. You know, yes. just walking in, you yes. know, you know, everyone's yes. a place has, like I said, a smell, a feel. Your furniture is different. There's stuff different on the walls. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely asinine <laughs> for us to be able to be dumb enough to believe that she did not have any clue she was walking into the wrong apartment. To say the least. To yeah. say the least. The and there were, work? yeah, yeah. How did the key work? Well, they said they, <laughs> there have been so many like different... Or? There's been so many different conflicting stories because originally I had heard that there were two neighbors that were witnesses Mm -hmm. that said that they heard her yell, open the door and things like that. Mysteriously, they were nowhere to be found at the trial. Right. So there are all kinds of things. They put out conflicting stories, which they always do. They always paint the victim as the perpetrator they assassinate the character of the victim they tried to make it out that botham jean was some druggy loser (laughs) and none of that was true this was a college educated um employed brother Mm -hmm. yeah brilliant Mm -hmm. he was literally a choir boy like literally and all these things and they tried to portray him as an animal as they do all all the time with people of color and with her it was always like oh the dallas city police officer and blah 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 so they they tried to pull their usual tricks so there's just been so many questions about this case in general so let's Hmm. go on to talk about the politics of forgiveness (laughs) we have to talk about how the Jean family handled it. You know, I, in trying to handle things from a wellness perspective, like how do I handle this without going crazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we have so many, we have to, you know, to look at things like that with so many different things because I was getting so angry and I was so, so ticked off at the family. Like, here we go once again. Yeah. Like, black people are expected to forgive every atrocity. And it made me remember what happened with the Mother Emanuel church shootings where the nine people were murdered. And before those people were even buried, you had those church members saying, I forgive you. And Dylan Roof didn't even want their forgiveness, nor did he ask for it. So then it just conjured those feelings back up from those murders. And it's like, here we go again. You know, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. This, this, is Go what ahead. Wanna, this is what I want to say about that, that whole forgiveness <laughs> thing. This is what I noticed, and I noticed this because, um, how can I say this? Some of the posts that I put on Facebook are not warm and fuzzy. Um, so I, I get this this feeling that a lot of people feel like I'm being negative or that's very negative, that's very negative. It's not negative. Racism is negative. Mm-hmm. I'm pushing back. Mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed to be a black man. I'm not going to curl up. I'm not mm-hmm. going to succumb. I'm not going to do um, anything that negates that. So what I'm saying to you is, yes, this is wrong. I'm calling it out. But all too often in within a community, and, and right now, you know, social, social media is, is it. That's the, that's the stage, the big mm-hmm. stage. Mm-hmm. People really feel like, I think people feel like, oh, you're being negative. Your silence is more negative than anything. 
Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you about being unapologetically black right. and not African American. I am black. I'm black. Black is beautiful. Black. Black. Scope. Yeah. So I have. Noah. Right. (laughs) I have a real problem with the brother and having just come off of losing my own brother. Right, right. Now, it was due to illness, not a violent act. Mm, Right. But um, I'm still going through my thing. Mm -hmm. But I took real umbrage that he's like, oh, I don't want anything to happen to you. I forgive you and all that crap and hugging her. I was just like, this woman just murdered your brother in cold blood. She is the scum of the earth right now, Man. and she doesn't deserve any kind of empathy. And 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 let me be clear, I am a born again saved Christian, but I have a hard time with that uh, uh, edifice of forgive, forget, and you're just supposed to just uh, be hunky dory. No sir, no sir. I'm a Christian under construction. I don't. I, I rail against that. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. But but with um, Brant John. We also have to remember he's 18. We have to consider his age. We do. We have to consider that, you know, regardless as to how we feel about it, they've had a year to kind of process it, which a year is nothing in grief time. I didn't know it had been that long. And I'm too, I am very personally acquainted with too much personal grief. And so they've had some time to sit in it and stew in it. I can... I can let his forgiveness go easier than I can his parents because of his age. What I had a problem with him saying was, I don't even want you to do jail time. I'm like, what? You are devaluing. You have devalued your brother's death. That, that hurt me more than asking for the hug and saying that I don't want you to do any jail time. And do you not think that that uh, colored the jury's judgment when they were about to go in and deliberate what her sentence was going to be. <sighs> but who I had the problem with most. I know who it is. No, two people, really. Yeah. One more than the other. Yeah. One, the sheriff's deputy yeah. that was stroking her hair, which was totally inappropriate. And number she one, should be canned. Judge Tammy Kemp. Canned. Who not only was her hug and giving the girl the Bible at the end totally inappropriate, but evidently she had cried several times during the trial. And it's like, you have a jury there that is sitting there looking at all of this. I'm surprised that there was even a conviction with how the judge was behaving during the trial. Me too. So the fact that we even got a murder conviction is a miracle. But for her to come off her bench, go hug her, give her a Bible, and then she's lying about it because now the judge is on a media tour to try to clean up her act because um, there's actions being taken against her. They're trying to either censure her or uh, get her off the bench. She should be removed. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you don't show that kind of benevolence and mercy for (laughs) everyone that's been sentenced to murder in your court, then why this one? She had a conflict of interest because she has been backed by the police union. They endorsed her. Because her position is one um, that's an an elected position. Mm -hmm. So she's been endorsed by the police. Mm -hmm. They've got photos with her chummy chummy with the police department chief who is also a black woman. 
So she had all kinds of conflicts of interest in this. So Mm -hmm. if there's anyone to be upset with, it is definitely that judge, in my opinion. What did you guys think about what the judge did? Well, couldn't she, as the judge, (laughs) gone through and um, amended the the jury's decision? Because, yeah, 10 years is... Ten years is nothing. People get ten years for stealing a loaf of bread. She killed somebody, and uh, I I was just very upset about that. Um, I was upset, yeah, that that she gave her the Bible. That it's, it's like this woman cast a spell over it because even the jurors were like, I just couldn't give her thirty. Years. I was like, why? She killed somebody. The heck? Murdered. Yeah, she murdered somebody. And and um yeah, one of the jurors was on there. She said, Oh, well, she just seemed remorseful. Everybody seems <clears throat> remorseful when they're in court. <laughs> you know, here here here's the thing. Here's the thing. I actually had the I stumbled upon a video that the uh like you said, the, the judge was kind of doing like a media tour or whatever. And she the the video, she was kind of defending herself. Um it was so contrived, just, just, and she was batting her eyes, and tears were coming, and I'm like, "You have got to be kidding me!" And if I'm yeah. not, if I'm not mistaken, that is against, you know, ethics, or mm-hmm. you're not even, you're not supposed to ever, as a, ju- I have a cousin that's a judge. I haven't talked to her about this. I don't know that I will. Oh, that would be an interesting, yeah, subject I, I to think discuss. She would, I think she would talk to me. Yeah. She would be kind of, you know, she pick and choose what she says. But I know for a fact. I just saw her at the family reunion this summer, and I know for a fact she'd have a serious problem with that. Yeah, you know there's, I mean? yeah, but you know, back to the family. <laughs> I think forgiveness is important because forgiveness is for you. Right. It's not for the other person. In order to be able to move on, at some point you forgive. That was just too public a way to do it. Because let's be honest, this trial was about even more than Botham Jean and Amber Geiger. Way deeper. Way it, deeper. W- it runs way deep. We've seen so many cases just, you know, countless cases of police officers who go unchecked in any way, let alone going to trial Mm. for killing unarmed black people. So, you know, the weight of the country of African-Americans were weighing on this trial. And so for like 24 hours after the initial conviction, we were all able to like sort of breathe a sigh of relief and we think, yes. oh, maybe we've turned a page here. Maybe I this is going to be That's what I the thought. beginning of, of a real change. <laughs> These officers will think twice now that they know that they can actually be held accountable for what they've done. And then in the very next day, it felt like having the rug pulled out from under you with all of this. It was just, it was heartbreaking. But, you know, at the same time, we have to be somewhat balanced when it comes to the family. And it's like the weight of the world shouldn't necessarily have been on them. So that's why I can give them a pass much easier than I can this judge. And then a couple of days after this, we're all kind of processing what happened with the trial. Mm -hmm. And then the main witness 
Joshua is mysterious. Joshua Brown got popped. Is mysteriously murdered. Just popped, man. And it's like you try not to be a conspiracy theorist. Theorist. <laughs> I try not to be. It's hard not to because you're like, hmm. The yeah, timing. The timing of this. Yeah. We're supposed to believe that three that these three men drove all the way over 300 miles from Louisiana to buy weed. Not even like cocaine or meth. Like we're supposed to believe that this was based yeah, on a totally weed off. transaction. <clears throat> Something is like totally off with the situation. What did you guys think when you heard that he had been murdered? Because he was supposed to be a witness yeah. in the civil trial. He did testify in the other in the he other. He testified trial. in yeah. the murder trial, right. but he was gonna be also a key right. witness right. in the upcoming right. civil case. Right. Which not to try to bag on the family, but I'm thinking, hmm, you can forgive the murderer, blah, blah, blah. Right. But you're going for a check. Right. They are suing yeah, 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 <laughs> the yeah, yeah. city of Dallas and the police department. So Joshua Brown was supposed to have been a key witness in that trial as well. And lo and behold, he turns up dead a couple of days later. You know, what did you thing, guys the, think? The thing with that is this. When I, when I read about Joshua Brown, I was like, this is, there's, totally a connection there's a there's a very strong undercurrent that's under this there's there's a lot going on down here that people don't see you know what i'm saying he got murdered because he was going to testify i can remember seeing the video of him when he was on um on the stand he was like frantic he was emotional he was trying to hold back his tears i think that was a mixture of hurt and fear he was afraid you know, because he kept holding his eyes down, and he was just like, it's like he was saying, I can't, this is surreal. I cannot believe that I'm here. And then, not to get ahead of the story, but there's another young lady. I don't know what her name is. She's a witness. She actually videoed it. Come on, man. She actually videoed it. So now they're saying, yeah. is she going to get popped? And I she guarantee might. she doesn't have any extra protection. I can guarantee yeah. you that. Yeah, well, none of them live in that in that apartment anymore. So that's that's good. But... Yeah, I just felt like mob hit, mob hit because I've oh, I, I've heard some other things that they said they shot him in the mouth and in his he did get shot in the mouth. Yeah, he got yeah, yeah he got popped uh -huh. like that, man. And so I'm just like, that is just diabolical crazy. And see, I, don't yeah. don't get me wrong, I'm not a, you know, I don't really know all the ins and outs of how how gangsters get down, but that's what that's saying is it's it's certain ways that they kill people to send messages cut your tongue out shoot you in the mouth that means shut up don't talk and anybody else that's feeling this we'll come see you too yeah it's just really sad because like i said we weren't even able to have the time to process what happened with the trial <laughs> right and then it's, this happens yeah it's really crazy. and then as if the the dallas fort worth area is not going through enough mm -hmm. they've had yet another shooting yes, they of a black person minding their business in their own home this was a woman mm -hmm. who her neighbors were alarmed yep. because they saw her door open at like 2 a.m. Yeah. So they called, yeah. and they didn't even call 911. They called the non-emergency phone number okay. for the police to just say, hey, this is kind of unusual for her door to be open. Okay. Someone needs to maybe come by and, and, and do a drive-by check or something like yeah. that. They shoot and kill the woman through her window. They didn't even go to the home, go exactly. approach the home, exactly. knock on the door, 
nothing. They just start shooting. You know, and they're certainly not going to be yeah. able to use the excuse of I feared for That's my life with this when they weren't even in the home. That's what I said. I mean, when I read that, I, I said, okay, okay, let me read it again. I had to miss something. It was just what you said. Mm-hmm. She was just standing in her living room. I think there was a lamp on or a light on, mm-hmm. and you could see her silhouette or shadow or whatever. He just, just took her out. Yeah. Now, this is what they said. This cop is on administration leave. I hate those words. Me too. What Fire does that him. mean? Fire him. Fire him. Cut him loose. Yeah. And if you are fired as a police officer, you should not be able to work somewhere else. They have so much power. Yeah. A police officer can write you a ticket for reckless eyeballing. You were staring at me. Here. <laughs> that is ridiculous. You were walking too slow. Mm-hmm. Get across that street. Mm-hmm. It's, it's insane. Yeah. It's a mess. Um, yeah, that is just, I'm, I'm floored that that happened now. So we went from vindication <laughs> for both of them, and now we're back to fear again. Because you're not safe anywhere. Is there no place? I mean. You're just not allowed to be black. Okay. All right. I, I guess I can that's, get that. That's, that's how I see it. <laughs> and, you know, for those... <laughs> listening and you think wow those are just like three angry black people that are just (laughs) talking about this no try and always look at a situation through someone else's eyes from someone else's perspective you have to look at what is going on to african americans and somehow at least try to feel our pain imagine if it were you like i literally have to fear for my husband getting pulled over by the police. These are things that we shouldn't have to think about, but we do. And even me as a woman, I can have a bad experience. I've told you guys before, talked about it a couple times, what happened to me and my husband, we were just parked in front of our home, (laughs) bringing groceries into our own house, and a police officer just up and stopped and harassed us. In a very threatening manner. Just for no reason. For absolutely no reason. No moving violation because we weren't moving. Why are you alive? Why are you here? Yeah. And it was like a crazy situation. (laughs) So just in a a heartbeat, that situation could have turned ugly because, you know, I'm being mouthy and my husband's like trying to calm me down. I'm like, no, I know my rights. And and blah, blah, blah. So it's, yeah. (laughs) So. It's very personal to us. It is very personal. Because it can happen to us. And it it just hits home when you see these stories. And then it instills this fear that we shouldn't have to have. This is not 1945, for God's sake. Mm. We should not have to have these conversations with our kids. Well, now, if you get pulled over, this is how you're supposed to act. And all these same conversations that harken back to a time where we had to tell our young men, you know, not to talk, that don't look in a white woman Mm. in Miss Ann's eyes. Mm. You know, and it's like, how Mm -hmm. many steps do we have to take backwards? It's so absolutely hurtful so that when you hear us talking about these things, think about if it were you, if you had to have these types of fears. They don't think about that. You know, I was was listening to a video, and I think – Excuse me, I'm not sure. I can't remember for sure exactly. But I think it was about violence in Chicago. So you guys remember The Wire. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the first time I ever saw Idris Elba was on The Wire. 
I didn't know he was even English. I didn't. And he had a trained coach to kind of help him get that get that swag, you know, lose that English accent. You know, but, but he's, a, he's a heck of an actor. Okay, so they wanted him for the role. He nailed it. You know, he sounded like a gangster, like a thug. That's the role he played. And the person in this video said there was a time when he was driving home or to the hotel, wherever, from the set and got pulled over. Got pulled over. And the cop was like pretty much at him like he was a thug. He straight went into that English accent. I'm not from here. You know, <laughs> you know, I am not from here, man. I'm an actor, man. I play on the wire in that English accent. And the guy was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, this dude is like, like, like dark, dark, dark. But he's 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 British. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not from here, I'm an actor, man. No, he he feared for his life. He's yeah. like, I don't know who you're looking for, but you ain't looking for me. You know, and that really stuck with me. And I'm not saying he shouldn't have done that. I think I'd have did that too. But at the same time, you're just judging this dude by the complexion, his skin, his pigmentation. Mm-hmm. You don't know who he, he could be like a brain surgeon that just operated on your nephew and saved his life. But he's black. He's a thug. Well, they just had a situation like that up in Evanston where the guy, he's a, a Ph.D. student and had a, I was like, well, as a student, I don't know how he had that nice car. But <laughs> anyway, he had some kind of a car and, and uh, he was walking up to it to get into it or maybe mm-hmm. he was trying to get into Anyway, the police stopped him, roughed him up, and then come to find out it was his car. And then they were just yeah. like, why would you, you know, it's just, ugh. It is the fact that our blackness is seen as a threat. It is a threat. It's and one been. thing that's happened recently that has been absolutely just unbelievable to me, and I think this happened in Florida, if I'm not uh, mistaken, a six-year-old girl was arrested at school because she was acting out. And that's not the first little person, uh, child, that's been arrested. arrested, A few months back, there was like a 12-year-old. And it's like, for acting out at school, that just, it goes hand in hand. A lot of these kids may be troubled at home. She may have been, you know, on the autism spectrum. You don't know what was going on with her. She may have been sick, anything. And for them to go to the extent mm. of calling the police, like yeah. the principal couldn't be called in. Nobody they couldn't could, have just yeah. put she her was just in out a time you know, six-year-old. But, she, but a six-year-old is so out of control that right. you have to call the police. <laughs> and then for the police officer to come, and the police officer actually was a black man that came, believe it or not. <laughs> right. And... To, to for the police officer to arrive on the scene and not try to de-escalate it to say, you know, this is a little ridiculous, you know, just suspend her, whatever, you know, whatever other means that you have of disciplinary action for the school. I'm not going to arrest the kid. Yeah. And for him to go ahead and arrest her, but it just goes to show that automatically, even as a child, we're seen as a threat. Like she's gonna beat someone no, up at never, six years old. Never be the same. No, it I saw. I saw her. Be. Her grandmother holding her in her arms, and she was just absolutely traumatized. She will not be the same. This six-year-old has a friggin' mugshot, mm-hmm. and but that just goes to show that if you're black, you're automatically 
a criminal in the eyes of some people. Here, here's something I want to kind of throw in. This might be a little, I don't know, sideways, <laughs> but I want to say this. There's this thing that I've, I've noticed for years. It's called white guilt. Mm-hmm. You know, you got brown gravy, you got white gravy. It's white guilt. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because I've encountered people in my life, in my job, uh, just at the store or whatever. It's almost like I'm the black guy, they're the white guy. Nope, you go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go ahead because you were here first, sir. You know, it's like they feel, they feel guilty. So they need to, in little ways, from, you know, that's a very small level, but in little ways, up to big ways, kind of let you know, I'm sorry about what happened to you guys. You know, my thing is, this is what I tell people. Don't patronize me. I just want you to respect me. You don't have to let me cut in line. You don't have to, you know, I'm going to pay you. If, if, if I owe you $27.19, I'm going to give you $27.19. No, 27 is fine. No, no, here's the 19. The, the point I'm making is that is just as damaging or can be just as damaging as just straight up blatant, blatant racism. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's something that I think that is mixed in a lot of things. And um, it, it's, it's, it should be talked about more because it exists in all of these things I think that we're talking about. It, it does. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I feel like, well, and sometimes, like you say, they are like, oh, go ahead. But then other people <laughs> are like, oh, that, was, that wasn't that was part of me. That You should get over it. Why, why are we even talking about slavery? Exactly. It's the that extreme was opposite. Over, that, that's not, I wasn't even part of that. No, yes, yes, you are. It's extreme opposite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because the point is, of course, we don't look at you today and think that you, you enslaved my ancestors. Right. Of course, you weren't alive. Right. But Neither you were, have we to. Weren't alive we weren't alive either. But you have to realize and be able to acknowledge that even though you didn't do it, your ancestors did, and you're still benefiting from it. Right. Because that has that's what built the system of white supremacy right. in our justice system in life period in America. And that, no, you have to acknowledge that you benefit from it. Just being born white in America, you're automatically born with rights and privileges that we do not have. Yeah, exactly. You will have more wealth on average than the average black person has. Exactly. You know how much the wealth is for the average black person? Like twelve hundred dollars for the average Caucasian person, it's I think sixty thousand. Mm. So when you look in the inequity of that, um, I just saw a story from Roland Martin that said, and this is Karen. You know, this is a passion of mine. Home ownership, mm-hmm. the home ownership for African Americans is at a fifty-year low. Yeah, it is absolutely insane. That's how. Families build wealth. Yeah, it's it your is. equity in your home yeah. and real estate. Real estate. Yep. And we're being shut out of those type of things. But trying to tie this up in a wellness aspect, which I want to make a better effort <laughs> of doing, what do you guys do to take care of yourselves in situations like this so that you're not so constantly caught up in these negative stories that are going on to where you can still function and be a positive human being. So what do you do? How do you care for yourself? For, for me personally, and I think that's a great question, uh, for me personally, it's two things that come to mind. When I'm on Facebook, a lot of times I just, I'll see something, 
keep scrolling. I don't want to tap into that. I don't want to see that video. I don't want to read it. And that I don't know that that's right, and I don't know that that's wrong. The other thing is, and I think the biggest thing is, I am just true to myself. Here, let me make up something real quick. Okay, guy gets pulled over. Black guy gets pulled over by a white police officer. The police officer uh, is approaching the car, and he says, he sees the guy grab, he said, sir, do not get out of the car. Don't get out of the car. And the guy opens the door anyway. He's like, sir, do not get out of the car. You know, close the door. And he steals, and now the cop is driving. You know, he's, he's pulling his gun. He's like, dude, you're asking for a death wish here. And if that, that young man just blatantly disobeys who's black, you know, those, those commands, and acts in a way that he's going to be threatening, that white cop shoots him dead. I don't have a problem with that. I'm sorry that happened. He told you don't get out of the car. He, he's doing his job. This is the way he was trained, and I think that is being trained the correct way. That's me saying I don't see any other avenue for the police officer to take. But when you just tell somebody, you pull somebody over, and you say, I need your license and registration, and he says, I'm reaching for them now, and he reaches, and you just put four or five bullets in him. I'm real with that too. I I have to stay real with myself. It is what it is. You don't I don't want to get in this conundrum, this this, you know, where you just kind of just like everything's good. Don't worry, be happy. No, it's not. Everything's not good. I'm happy. Every day is a new mercy, but everything is not good. That's how I deal with it. Just be real. Yeah, my thing is um you because a lot of people are like, oh, I don't watch the news. <laughs> I'm sticking my head in the sand. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. You still need to be aware and informed. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I am, um, for all intents and purposes, a news junkie. I do watch the news and, um, you know, several different avenues and what have you. But, um, and as a former journalist, I don't take it personal. I never let it get in my spirit. You know, I'm just looking at it as a, from an analytical standpoint and and just absorbing, you know, taking in the um, the rhetoric, if you will, but I'm not internalizing it because, yeah, if you did, if you listen to everything anybody ever said, then you would be under the under the thing. And especially with my job, I, I deal with death and everything all day, mm -hmm. every day. So you just have to I'm going to work and I'm coming home, right. you know, and it's then. Yeah, just make it completely separate. I think that's absolutely important. And then for me, because I have a tendency to be a news junkie too, mm -hmm. but I have learned when to shut it off. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, that full now. person <laughs> called 45 that shall not be named. I know that's right. Like, I get too much <laughs> overload on his orange craziness. Agent orange. I know right. when to... Turn yeah. the TV off, yeah. change the channel. Um, sometimes my Twitter feed, because it's so interesting, because with my Twitter, it's all politics and all tennis, <laughs> which is like this weird <laughs> dichotomy. But that's like, yeah, right. it's like, yeah. Right. And so sometimes I just, I'll like check my Twitter page and I'm like, oh my God, there's just, there's Ooh. too much negative political BS on there. Just get off the app. And it's just as something as simple as that. Give yourself a social media break. And then to remember to treat people how they treat you. 
every white person is not racist. Right. Every white person is not the devil. You know, there are great people and bad people of all races, including mm-hmm. black people. Mm-hmm. And just to stop and, and to remember that everyone that's not like you is not an enemy. Right. You know what I mean? And just to put things into perspective. And then I always have to remind myself that as crazy as the world seems to be, which it can be, we're still just hearing a little bit. There's still way more good than bad mm-hmm. out there, mm-hmm. way more good people than mm-hmm. bad people in general. And I think you just right. always have to stop and remember that and enjoy and in, and celebrate the good things that happened like something amazing happened with tyler perry that's something to celebrate that this black man who literally came from nothing all he had was a dream and talent and to see in yeah drive yeah and drive and in 15 in about 15 (laughs) years i think is is all he's been in the business yeah and that he bought what was formerly a confederate yes barracks uh military institution in georgia over 330 acres that he purchased yeah forget the 40 (laughs) acres and a mule he's got over 300 And yeah. to see that momentous celebration, he yeah. has built yeah. 12 sound stages and he had this beautiful, huge celebration and he's giving people their flowers while they live. And right. he named each one right. of those he sound did. stages off of he living did. and deceased legends, including Spike Lee, yes, who has talked so much trash and I, and about the it. man. I love that. I love that. I love that. And just to see what he did and what he's accomplished, that is the biggest film studio in the world in the world i mean he's got hollywood beat and what i love even more is he spent his own dime he doesn't owe a person a cent he took 250 million dollars of his own money he didn't borrow money from a bank from a lender he did it all on his own he took his money to do that he's never sold any of his intellectual properties he owns everything he owns the rights to everything that he's done and he has created this amazing thing that is a huge legacy so what did you guys think about that when you saw the photos and just the the touching things that people had to say that he was able to honor it was such a proud moment I was just I was just blown away, you know, just like, whoa, speechless, you know. And the thing the thing of it is, I mean, Tyler Perry is so much deeper than Medea, oh, so yeah. much deeper than, you know, his movies. Yeah. The dude is incredible. Yeah. And I have personally heard people talk trash about him. Why yeah. is he dressing up like a woman all the time? Yeah. I, you know what I told somebody? I said Flip Wilson was the first person I ever so I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I'm dating myself. Yeah. I said, but that means nothing to me, man. This dude is a owner. He owns it. Owns he it. owns it. And and from what I understand, his studio is larger than Warner Brothers, Disney, and, and there's a third one? MGM. MGM. Together. Put combined. together. I like that word, combined. Yeah. Together. <laughs> larger. Yeah. And not only that, I didn't even realize this. Um, was it Black Panther? Yeah, was the first movie ever filmed there. So he's—it's not just about him doing his movies. He's going to have other people coming in to mm-hmm. use his stuff and getting what 
paid. Getting the paper, baby. Get That's that. what it's all about. Let's get it. That's what it's hey, all it, about. End of the day. Write your day, own ticket. <laughs> write your own ticket. Um, end of the day. It's just yep. amazing that, yeah, that he came from, from selling you know, homeless. Si- homeless and selling CDs out of his trunk. He was homeless. To, to that and the fact that it is on the Confederate land. It's mm-hmm. like, it, 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 it's just, I, I just can't be more proud. I wish I was invited. I wanted to, I, I've just, I've, I've uh, reshared a video a couple of, or I guess this morning, because I said I'm still basking in the glow of what this means, this monumental feat that he has been able to do. And, and instead of waiting for somebody to give you a crumb, don't do that. Just go, because that's what they said. That he somebody opened a door for him, and he flipped it and made a platform. Yeah, that's what TD Jake yeah. said, and I and I like that. Yeah. So you know, make your own way, and um, and he did it in God's time. You know, yeah. it's like because yeah. he could have done this a long time ago, but he waited and did it his way. And I'm just I'm so proud, so proud. And he's already, from what I understand well on his way to already making his money back. Oh, man. They said yeah. that he made, um, from renting out his studios to to some film Big work, money. he made $31 million in two days. Amen. And the studio has actually been up and functioning for about two or three years or, or even yeah. more. And yeah. there's already shows and films like uh, Walking Dead. Part of that is filmed on wow. there. There's like tons of shows and films wow. that have been um, at least partially shot. Unbelievable. On, yeah. At his studio, and and when you think of all, because I made a comment to him, of course, one of you know millions of people that have made comments Mm -hmm. that what touches me is that all the people that would never have gotten hired in Hollywood Mm -hmm. that are working from you know the the grips from like the the makeup artists, craft services, you name it, the people that that are a part of this legacy that are able to feed their families, that are going to be able to buy homes and just live and live out their dreams because of this one man. It is such an incredible moment. And then, you know, of course, there's always the naysayers. Like we're in this, we're in the glow and we're basking in the afterglow. Uh, And then it came out that he is also um, building and supporting like uh, a a women's domestic violence shelter, which everybody was fine with until they found out that he was also um, building a shelter for um, displaced and homeless LGBTQ youth because really? there's okay. a huge yeah. homeless problem with gay youth it, that yeah. to this day are like there has been are years. kicked yeah. out there has been for uh, years. from yeah. their homes they're put out on the street yeah. and it's a problem they're outcasts and yeah they're outcasts and regardless as to what you think of it from a theological spiritual perspective <laughs> these are human beings yeah. that need love and that need and deserve the basic rights as a place to live. And so then now, of course, he's getting backlash for that. And it's like, shut up. (laughs) He can do what he wants with his money. He's helping people. And let's just bask in the glow of this achievement that is literally changing thousands and thousands of lives. And I could not be more proud 
of Tyler Perry. So kudos to Tyler. Absolutely. I hope to be able to go down there and tour the studio you someday. Will. You will be able so, to. So yeah, it's going. Yeah, the next time I'm in Georgia, <laughs> it's it's going to be yeah. a done deal. Yeah. And it's just it's something that everyone of of all colors, all races can be proud right. of this momentous thing. You know, just a couple of things I want to say on that. Like you just said, you know, um, you know, actors and actresses and businesses being employed. He does not just hire black people. Mm-hmm. True. He has brought story. Caucasians in. Yeah. You know, Hispanics. The other thing is this. The thing I like about Tyler Perry is this. I've never met the guy personally. I don't know that I ever will. But his energy is always so humble. He doesn't, he's just Tyler Perry. And when he laughs, you hear a little Madea. When he talks, you hear a little bit of his father. You hear those things. And I think that's, that's talent. That's, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, I don't even know what you call that. Like he, he is the embodiment of all those characters, not just the characters he plays, yeah. but the characters that he creates that other people play. Yeah, I, Very humble guy. I went up to um, Chicago, uh, I guess it's been about five, maybe four or five years ago, uh, when he had to, to see one of his plays. I'd never seen a stage play before. Okay. So we went up there, and it was sold out, and my friend Gwen, she's like, oh, they don't mean that. We went the day of and got, <laughs> we went to McCormick Place box office and got box seats, like dirt cheap. Really? Yeah. And uh, wow. and so, and he happened to be, because usually with the stage plays, he doesn't always travel. But this time he was. He was in it. I didn't realize that he sang and danced. I just thought he was a writer. I didn't know he, but oh, I, knew, I didn't know he yeah, sang. I didn't he, know he sings. Really? They, they came out at the end and did, uh, uh, Can You Stand the Rain? And I'm telling you, wow. he was getting it. Yes, he was. Wow. So, um, to, so to witness that and just his, um, just the, the, the um, genius of his mind to be yeah. able to pull those characters uh, out yeah. and write yeah. do the stage plays and the movies and everything is it, just right. yeah so kudos to him yeah, I, I bow down to him um, he has really put in his dues yeah. and he reaches back and helps and yeah. um, he said you know which I think we as a people need to take a a, a page from I know instead of just me and mine reach back and help that person because in his speech he was talking about he said you know i used to walk to school every day and this guy was like i had to cross six lanes of traffic and this guy was standing there he's like somebody help me cross and nobody wouldn't so he said that stuck with me so he said as i got my money he said i'm reaching back and helping and i don't i think we as a people get so well i made it my kids have made it we're good you don't help everybody else. And, and I, the, the, the village has been destroyed. And I want to just kind of piggyback off of that just mm. a little bit. This is something something that I've been saying for years, started saying it to myself. We don't have to wait till we make it to start giving back. Right. Like me personally, I have nothing. I'm going on record as saying I have nothing. Me too. But I, ha- <laughs> but I, got some, I, I have done some things that Absolutely. I feel like are benevolent, that are out of love and um, especially if God tells me to do it, mm-hmm. whatever it is, I'm going to do it. And really all I want to charge you is that you don't tell anybody I did it. That's not me trying to be, you know, so just, I just want to be obedient to God. That's so right. you don't have to make it to start giving back. Yeah. And we need to, and, and the other thing I want to say on that, we as black people have to start celebrating each other yes. way before. Yeah. So like Bishop Jake said, he said, I was writing when nobody knew I was writing. Yeah. I just kept writing. Yeah. So somebody bought his books. Uh-huh. I like that. 
I like that. Absolutely. <laughs> that, it, you know, we have to, <laughs> I think we uh, should end there on a positive note. I wanted to touch on Kanye's church services. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, he just ripped it up at Howard. Pass the plate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where do I pay my ties at? I... <laughs> So I think I think we might have to like save that for another show because I have so much so many different things to say about that and so many different perspectives. I'm sure you guys too. I think it's totally interesting. But we will go ahead and like leave things on a positive and uplifting but note. Of <laughs> but of course. So as always, thank you guys for joining me. Once again, Thanks I've been joined me. by Karen Wilson and Michael Hurt. And Michael, we did say that we were going to mention your project. So shout that out and let us know where we can check out your show because you are podcasting yourself and I'm so stoked about it. Yes, I am. I am uh, currently, um, I guess, delving into uh, dabbling a little bit with my own podcast. It's through Anchor. It's an application you can get through the uh, the Play Store, Google Play Store. And I actually just kind of pod, I don't have set times um, in the process of gathering guests and that people I want to interview and stuff like that. So um, it's at anchor.com, and the name of the show is called The Most with your host, Michael Hurt. So that's, Ooh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it is. And so, you know, it, it's, it's evolving. You know, I'm still kind of growing, but. Um, what's the gist of like things that you like to talk about? Is it just like what's going on in, in the culture? What do All you talk of that. About? It, it's, and that's why I named it The Most because it's, it's really a hodgepodge of, of everything. I talked to a gentleman last night. I think he'll be okay with me mentioning this, uh, Mr. Jonathan Romaine. Uh, I am in talks with him right now about being on my podcast. I think what he's doing is incredible. If you're listening, Jonathan, holla at your boy. But, yeah, I think that it is uh, – that's why I called it at I have um, um, had uh, a local children's book author, Billy J. Young. She's, she's been on my podcast. She's incredible. I think she's on, like, her fourth or fifth book. So it's just – hodgepodge i'm a little bit of a nerd too so i'll be talking about global warming i'll be talking about you know um uh, stem cells and stuff like that just whatever awesome (laughs) and once again they find you at anchor.com if you go to anchor.com um you can put in michael hurt or again the name of the show is the most you can just put in the most and i should pop up yeah awesome that is what's I'm up. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the world of podcasting. Oh my God. You've Thank definitely you. been Thank you. a great contributor to this podcast. And don't forget us because I'm still going to be And I still want to be on this podcast. Let you me say that. You are going to be. <laughs> and I promise you we will be doing our reparations episode. Yeah, we're going to do that. We've got to do it right. We're going to do that. Hopefully that'll be our next when we get together next. Maybe yeah. that'll be our next show. Yeah. So absolutely, you guys. Thank you for always being such a great contributor to the podcast thank you so much to our listeners once again we want you guys to join the conversation drop us a line let us know what you think about this show any other show if you want to be a guest and have a seat at the table with us we would yes. welcome you i'm Love always it. that would just be yes. so nice yeah like karen said come chop it up mind? with us What's Let you? us know what's on your mind. If there's any topic that you want to cover, any interesting people you think we should talk to, uh, any books or anything that you want us to review, any TV, whatever. I love it. I love we 
we are open to all of it here on the podcast. We would love to do that. So just reach out, go to gethappywithjay.com, leave a comment there. Or you can reach out on the Get Happy With Jay Facebook page. And as I always say to you guys, until next time, until next week, do something to make yourself happy. It's not selfish, it's self-care. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.